Thank you, Ray, for having me. Yeah, uh, as you might probably know that the government of Indonesia just enacted a new law under the title of uh, Law on Job Creation, or we call it Omnibus Bill. Uh, it was, uh, actually, it was firstly initiated by President Jokowi right after his inauguration of the second presidential term, the last term in office. He seeks to increase investment in the country by reforming regulations that are considered as the main constraint for the investor to come to Indonesia. Hence, law on job creation has been proposed to conduct deregulation of the Indonesian legal system to provide a better climate for economic expansion. In this regard, uh, we see the law as a response to the current condition, as you may mention, the current condition of the capitalist class in the country that is hit by the economic slowdown caused by the pandemic. Unlike in the developed countries where the state builds out major corporations to cope with the slowdown, Indonesia, of course, could not affo afford to do this. In fact, Indonesia provides a legislative measure to facilitate this capitalist class to expand their accumulation of capital in the country. Consequently, environmental safeguard and labor standards are relaxed in order to advance the interests of this class in their enterprise. And the question would be, who are benefiting the most from the law? Of course, this capitalist class, namely mining and plantation companies. Before the law of job creation being enacted, Indonesian government actually enacted a legislation to revise the existing mining law by using the pandemic strategically to reduce noise from the opponents, especially from social movement. In this law, mining companies are given a guarantee by the government that their mining area would not be taken over by the state and also a guarantee that they will be granted a mining-related permit without any conditionality. With regard to the plantation company, in the job creation law, the minimal forest cover of 30% of the every province has been omitted in order to provide new areas for palm oil plantation. Forests in Papua will be suffering the most in this regard because this is, this is because previously Papua was designated at least 30% of the total Papuan land mass should be maintained as natural forests. By omitting this designation, natural forests in Papua could be converted into palm oil plantation without considering the minimal forest cover that is essential to ensure the ecological function on the island. And if we, if we take this law together, it is crystal clear that both laws are uh, dedicated to protect the capitalist interests, especially that of the mining and palm oil plantation. Uh, companies. Certainly. Now, obviously, palm oil and mining has really ravaged many parts yeah. of Indonesia. And of course, you're mentioning there West Papua. And I, I guess some of our listeners would be familiar with, uh, for instance, the Freeport McMoran mine there that has very much devastated yeah, yeah. the country. Now, I guess on top of the these very serious environmental impacts, of course, Indonesia, you know, in some ways, there's been huge advances in terms of in industrial rights and workers' rights, but there's still considerable underemployment, considerable, you know, uh, I guess, difficult wages and conditions for many people living in Indonesia. Can you talk to some of the effects this will have on industrial relations and particularly on workers' uh, rights and conditions? Yeah. Uh, with regard to workers, of course, through omnibus bill or law and job creation, this labor standard has been weakened. For instance, that nowadays the company can 
uh, undertake a contract to their labor without certain period of time. You can work as a labor for a contract labor for uh, for your productive age with, without any consideration to take you as the permanent worker. Because previously in our legislation that contracting worker should can be conducted only for two terms. It means that uh, at least uh, in maximum two years. After this, the third year, then the worker should be uh, considered as a permanent worker. Nowadays, through this omnibus bill, there is no such thing as permanent workers. Everyone, uh, every labor can be uh, uh, regarded as contracting workers right now. That's, of course, it's very detrimental to the condition of the working class uh, because uh, there, there would be no what you call it. If uh, there would be no protection, health protection for the for the health workers as well because you are contracting workers. Agong, many of our listeners would know that there is a, a current uh, coalition in Indonesia between uh, Prabowo, the former uh, opposition leader, mm-hmm. and Jokowi. Uh, this situation has meant there's very little opposition, at least electorally, in Indonesia at the moment to these kind of bills. However, there has been mass mobilizations on the streets mm-hmm. with... Uh, tens of thousands of people protesting, particularly in cities such as Jakarta. Can you speak to the, these demonstrations? Uh, you know, who's organising them? How many people are coming out? And, and how effective are they being at, uh, I guess, resisting this omnibus bill? Yeah, uh, thank you for the question. Yeah, we know that uh, we don't have the uh, electoral opposition right now once the Jokowi and Prabowo got in, into uh, one administration. But uh, uh, we do have social movements. We do have uh, NGOs. They are very dynamic, and also labor uh, organizations or labor unions are also very dynamic and very critical on this uh, uh, oligarchy uh, uh, political system. And then they uh, manage to organize people through uh, social media as well. We are very fortunate to have social media uh, relatively free, so we disseminate information. We disseminate our protest with social media and invite people to come together to take street in testing this omnibus bill. But don't forget that it's not, uh, it's not only uh, this omnibus bill. Far before that, uh, the social movement had been used by uh, NGOs, by labor union to protest the government policy, for instance, the weekend of the anti-corruption uh, commissions by the Joko administration also triggers a protest, mass protest on the streets, and also uh, uh, the revision of the mining bill, uh, mining law, it also triggers protests from uh, environmental NGOs and environmental activists. So this is a series of demonstrations, and then very, the omnibus bill uh, created a momentum where they can come together from labor union, from local activists, or also from the federal, uh, different abilities community because they are uh, being marginalized further by this omnibus bill. And yeah, uh, there's so many people came together, social forces came together to express this bill because this, this, this bill in terms of scopes are very in terms of scopes are very wide, so it would affect every one of us as Indonesian, no, uh, 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 not only the labor unions, the labor working class, 
environmental activists, but also the federal women and so forth. That's why they were concerned with this. And then they took the street and uh, uh, mainly uh, uh, every main uh, main cities in Indonesia had been used by the the, the protesters to express their their uh, their uh, their uh, concern. So. Yeah, although this, the police uh, has used a very coercive manner in order to stop that, but uh, the protesters and also the social movement would not stop to to, to uh, uh, articulate their this dissatisfaction uh, to this uh, bill. And can we just speak a little bit to the police repression? It has been quite severe, and of course, this isn't the first yeah. time in which uh, the police have been used as such a tool in uh, in Indonesia. Of course, uh, well, over a year and a half ago, there were huge uh, May Day protests in places like Bandung and elsewhere, in which uh, many activists were detained, and some of them held, and, and I believe some are still being held in prison to this yeah. day. But these latest rounds of protests have faced uh, severe repression. There's hundreds of people who have been detained. Others have been arrested. Uh, how severe is this police repression at the moment? And is it is it affecting the ability for people to go on the street or is it encouraging more people to, to take to the streets? Yeah, uh, the coercive use by the police, of course, uh, uh, has affected many protesters. For instance, uh, uh, hundreds of people uh, were arrested for joining the protest and also uh, nowadays, uh, the the Ministry of the uh, Education and Culture has circulated a letter to ask the lecturers in Indonesia to socialize the the to announce and uh, to to support the bill and and, and to prevent the students to get into the street to get protests into the street. And it seems to me that we are returning back to the authoritarian regime of Suwato, where the campus. Uh, and universities are used by the, the powerful elites, by the state, in order to prevent mass protests, in order to prevent students from protesting against this bill, and even to, to uh, prevent lecturers and uh, academics to, for, from protesting the bills. And then, then uh, although the, 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 use of, uh, the use of force, unlike the, 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 uh, the authoritarian regime of Suwato, but the way the state use educational uh, institutions are very alike in order to stop students from protesting. Just finally, Agong, you mentioned there the uh, the regime of Suharto, and as a result, there's uh, been very much a decline, I guess, in the organised left in Indonesia since the Suharto yeah. era. Of course, you had the reformasi yeah. demonstrations in the 1990s, where there was a resurgence yeah. of at least uh, the liberal left and the NGOs and so forth. But do you see this situation and circumstance now with the consolidation of power around Jokowi and Prabowo? Be, be you know really uh, returning to this kind of uh, oligarchy of of the Sohato era, do you, do you see a, a resistance forming? Do you see uh, I guess an organised uh, non-parliamentary left coming together to to really provide a, a perhaps the possibility and the opportunity for uh, an alternative to the current government? Yeah, uh, yeah, we know that the the liberal left or the left uh, groups in social movement are very fragmented, but they now uh, uh, come together in order to support to to protest against the bills. But my uh, it's very unfortunate to see that 
the way they, they conducted the protest, they really focused on the articles that might affect their constituency. For instance, the labor union are very focused on how to protect uh, labor standards, how to protect the labor interests, and also uh, NGOs, environmental NGOs are very focused on protecting, again, articles that might affect environmental uh, conditions, and also the fabulous also focus on the article that might affect a disabled site. Uh, it seems that they have not really come together to see this issue in the bigger picture, which is the, uh, of course, neoliberal capitalism in charge. And, 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 and then I guess once we get into this uh, idea that we need to see the bigger picture that's about capitalism, neoliberal capitalism, then uh, I uh, would be afraid that they will focus on a very partial, a very fragmented uh, way in seeing the law. So once we get in, uh, into an agreement that this is because of the, uh, the economic system, neoliberal capitalism, then we can come together in order to to uh, to build our uh, blocks uh, against the state 